You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 187, Toy Story 4. Well, here it is. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, the number one place to get your animation fix with animation addicts just like you. Each episode, we dive into the wonderful world of animation featuring Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. From hilarious discussions and movie reviews to interviews with industry insiders, this show's mission is to brighten your day through our love of animation. So hop on your nerdy couch, grab some snacks, and get ready to hang out with your animation besties because it's time to dive into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast. I am Chelsea Robson. I'm Morgan Stradling. Hey, howdy, hey, I'm Mason Smith. I'm a yo-yo. Hey. <laughs> oh, we're excited to be here. Today we are going to be talking about Toy Story 4. Woo! A lot of people have been really excited about this. We've got a couple, we've got several uh, reviews. Or, or, uh, we have several voicemails at the end of the episode. We've got lots of things coming up, so this is exciting. Yeah, so before we get started in our review with Toy Story 4, mm. Let's get a little mini review of Toy Story 3 from Mason because Mason hasn't been on the podcast for a while. Chelsea and I did record that in episode 169, so you can check out our review there. It's a lot of fun. I but wasn't Mason, there for Toy Story what? 3. You were not. No, it was it was last or I guess it was 2 years ago. Oh, that was yeah. right. That was our the last real episode we did before we went on hiatus. Before Aww. she and I went on hiatus, yeah. yeah. There were several hiatus. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Toy you Story 3, Toy Story 3, um Woody is still desperate to hang on to Andy and and be there for him, but Andy is going off to college and the toys are mistakenly dumped at dumped at a donation box in a daycare uh instead of going into storage, right? Yes, yes. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. yep. And so Woody wants to go into storage so that when Andy needs them again, they'll be there. But uh, he needs to read the writing on the walls. Like, Andy doesn't need them anymore. They probably need to move on. And so um, we kind of go into this kind of... It's this interesting story about how the toys are trying to find their place in this new daycare facility, which is it's a little more complicated because there is an established hierarchy of toys that already have a system in place. And um, so there's there's a lot of hijinks that ensue with that. So Toy Story 3 ends with what I believe was the perfect ending for the Toy Story saga. I'm fine with shorts. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with, uh, with those. Uh, but as far as the main movies go, I consider Toy Story to be a trilogy. And uh, prepare yourselves now, animation fans, because <laughs> this, this is going to be one of those episodes where I'm Woo! like not super excited about the, the subject matter. Uh <laughs> Anyway, I have opinions about this film. The chief one being that it didn't need to happen. That doesn't mean it was a bad film. Doesn't mean I hate it. And that doesn't mean I'm a terrible person. It's just, it <laughs> was a okay. hard sell for me. You're not a terrible person. It was, it was a hard sell for me. I did not see it in theaters. <laughs> I just saw it like a couple, like a, a little while ago on Disney Plus. Well, there you go. Because you can't watch anything Disney now without Disney Plus. We can do DVR. Everyone, Bonnie made a friend in class. Oh, she's already making friends. No, no, she literally made a new friend. I want you to meet Forky. Uh, hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Ah. 
He's a spork. Yes, yeah, I know. Forky is the most important toy to Bonnie right now. We all have to make sure nothing happens to him. Woody, we have a situation. I am not a toy. I was made for soup, salad, maybe chili, and then the trash. <gasps> Buzz, we've got to get Forky. Affirmative. Alive. You're Bonnie's toy. You are going to help create happy memories that will last for the rest of her life. Huh? What? Oh, yeah. Oh. Bo? Forky, come on. Bo? Bo? Hi there. My name is Gabby Gabby. We can't stay. <laughs> yes, you can. Boys. Ah! Woody, behind you! What are you doing here? No time to explain. Come with me. We need to get back to our kid. Aw, Sheriff Woody, always coming to the rescue. Bonnie needs Forky. Woody, who needs a kid's room when you can have all of this? Wow. Woody, aren't we going to Bonnie? We have to find them. What do we do, Buzz? What would Woody do? Jump out of a moving vehicle. Let's go. Hey, you gotta go, you gotta go. You should ever leave me. You know, you've handled this lost toy life better than I could. Open your eyes, Woody. There's plenty of kids out there. Sometimes change can be good. You can't teach this old toy new tricks. You'd be surprised. Bonnie? We're going home, Forky. God only knows Bonnie, I'm coming! On my way, Woody! Kids lose their toys every day. I was made to help a child. I don't remember it being this hard. Woody, somebody's whispering in your ear. Everything's gonna be okay. So Toy Story 4 has a 97% approval rating Holy on cow. Rotten Tomatoes. Looking at the other films, Toy Story has a 100% approval rating. Toy Story 2... Uh, 100% and Toy Story 3, 98%. So this, in theory, is the worst reviewed of the bunch, but only by, you know, 1% to 3% wow. if you're comparing it to the first one or other ones. It's still very, very high the up worst there. Toy Story movie. <laughs> and it had the most reviews. It had 438 reviews because over time, Rotten Tomatoes has increased the number of reviewers that they allow to be Rotten uh, Tomato Meter approved critics. So, you know, I think as it, as there's like hundreds now versus just like a handful of reviewers, we will see less and less 100% because Toy Story only had 89 reviews. So smaller sample size, but nonetheless, overall, everyone loved this film. And we will talk about our thoughts because, yeah, I'm not going to tell you what side of the aisle I am on quite yet. Oh, But let's jump into some facts about this film. Obviously, this is Pixar Animation Studios. This was directed by Josh Cooley, who you might know from Riley's First Date, the short from Inside Out or about Inside Out, George and AJ. And then previously, he was a storyboard artist starting with Cars and then kind wow. of worked his way in the storyboard department. And uh, Riley's George and AJ was really his first directing role. So pretty crazy considering previous directors of the Toy Story films were John Lasseter. And so... Well, he was on uh, this, this was up until... 
Up until they had <laughs> yes, <laughs> until. Yes. yeah, because that he that happened in December 2018 when he was that ousted happened. basically or went on his sabbatical right. and then uh, six months later it was he was gone and so you know obviously uh, it, it's actually interesting that he's not even listed as a director. Um, he's, maybe he he's wasn't credited necessarily for a director. original story by I think or but original even if you story were a idea partial by director. You would still be listed as a director, wouldn't you? I don't know how these things work. Yeah, I don't. Because I think of Brave with Brenda Chapman. She's listed as a director. So, I mean, mm. she was ousted, but she's still listed as a director. And then huh. um, story uh, story and screenplay. So maybe Lasseter was not actually involved in a directing capacity for this one. I wouldn't imagine because at the time he was the uh, chief creative officer of Walt Disney Animation Studios and Pixar Animation Studios. Mm. So, well basically over all of Disney's studios at that point. So yeah. I don't imagine that he would have had much time at all to take on a directing role just because of the yeah. scale of everything that he was doing. But, you know, yeah, actually looking on Wikipedia, it shows that Lasseter was actually directing the film at D23 Expo in July, 2017. He announced that he was stepping down and leaving Cooley as the sole director saying that he no longer could commit to directing the film between his positions at Pixar, Walt Disney animation studios and Disney tune studios. So yes, he had a lot on his plate at this time, obviously being in charge of so much. And even though he really had big ambitions to direct this, it wasn't possible at the time. And I will also correct an earlier statement. So the other films were so the original two films were directed by John Lasseter, and the third film was by Lee Unkridge, who was the editor of the first Toy Story film. So mm. very much it was in the same family for the trilogy. It was the same writing team, the same editing team, and you know that brain trust was very much involved. And here we go with Toy Story 4, and it's someone newer uh, or not necessarily yeah. involved in the original three. Josh Cooley took it over. It was released June 21st, 2019, budget $200 million, and the box office was $1.073 billion. It barely inched over that billion-dollar line, which everyone loves to see yeah. if you are working for the studios. 2019 was a great year for film. 2020, mm -hmm. not so not much. So much. <laughs> Do you think we'll see a film that makes a billion dollars in 2020? I just... Yes, because there's only going to be one film like <laughs> released at this point, and everyone's going to be so desperate. That's the only one they're going to see. So I Chris, really want to see Tenet. Yeah, Tenet is going to be released in theaters. I, I'm like, are you kidding? Just put it on a streaming I'm channel. I'm going. I'm desperate. I really? will go. So, yeah, why not? Wear, wear, your, wear your full wear radiation mask, suit. Socially distance. Yeah, why not? As long as I can just go see a movie and eat some popcorn and smell that delicious popcorn smell and oh, man. whatever I mean, other smells they have. Watch watch the <laughs> preview watch the preview show to the previews that's sponsored by Coca-Cola. Yes. And then they give you the yes. um they give you the propaganda for Coca-Cola, which is like this giant screen of ice filling a glass and the Coke filling it. Do y'all ever get that? I don't know. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, we do. <laughs> we are making you very thirsty. Oh, the theater <laughs> experience. We were Shannon and I were trying to figure out um the last movie we went and saw in theaters and we couldn't remember. <laughs> well, we're not big theater little... goers in the first place, I guess, but we That's couldn't remember time. what yeah. it was. <laughs> well, the next time you do go, it will be very memorable, I imagine. Like, but uh, I didn't guess see so. this one in theaters. I did see this one. I know I saw Sonic in theaters. <laughs> oh, you saw it? How was it? Nice. I liked it. Yeah, I, I would. I would definitely wait for Sonic the Hedgehog or the number two with Tails because Tails will be in it. That's right. Ooh. Tails and Knuckles. Fancy. 
So um, am I right in saying that this went through a lot of reshoots and rewrites? Because it wasn't Rashida Jones, one of the originators of the story for this film. She was like involved in it somehow. She was like one of the writers. I noticed that she was a writer, but I don't necessarily know the backstory per se of this one. I didn't really research. So I think too much. she and some other story writers left the project and they did a bunch of rewrites or something like that. I don't know. I don't Sounds know. Sounds plausible. One thing I will say about it is that this is a toy story. Like we've got a <laughs> story here, like weaving mm-hmm. interlocking plots and twists and yeah. Uh, it wasn't a huge twist, but um, it's a little complicated. I would say this is one of the darker Toy Story films. Oh, yes. It yeah. is not as happy-go-lucky. My, my kids do not really enjoy watching this one. As soon really? as they hit the antique store, it's we, we turn it off. They just lose interest. They don't like watching it. They kind of get a little scared. And so we actually watched the whole thing. We skipped over just a few scenes of the the mannequin puppets, oh my gosh, whatever, the, the ventriloquist the, dummies. Yeah, those guys. Um, but we watched the end. He's like, Mom, I've never seen this part before. I'm like, yeah, you, this is the one movie that you really do not care to watch. <laughs> and, um, but your, yeah, your kid so powered through me, it. This, is the, this was touted as the Toy Story love story. So Ugh. everyone always kind of assumed that it was going to be Woody and Bo Peep and they were going to go back in time and we we're going to see that love story there. And they did. And this, I think the strongest parts of the film are when they are toys, just being toys, doing toy things in <laughs> like Andy or Bonnie's room. Oh, okay. The opening is so strong and really emotional yeah. and you get to see them rescuing RC, oh, RC. and everyone mm-hmm. coming together to, to save him. It's, it's great. And then it ends on this note. I'm like, Pixar, you do it again. And there's three different times in this movie where I just really get choked up in my throat every single time. But when there's, there's a lot know, of big conflicts introduced. The recap in the at the beginning is the only place where I actually like, <gasps> you're, uh-huh. you're doing this they, again. They know how to do a montage with that darn, you got a friend in me song. Oh yes. yeah. They hit you every with the, you got a friend like, in me. <laughs> We need them to cry, you know, just pump in. You got a friend in me and a montage of Andy growing up playing with his toys. And every kid who ever had a toy growing up is now going to tear up. I don't know. They changed really up Andy's sad. design, though. They, they ditched the clamshell eyes from, from the first movies. Right. And now he looks real. They turned him into kind of a not preteen, but I feel like this was one of the last moments that Andy was really a kid playing with his toys. Maybe. You can tell he's probably... 10 ish and he's older but he Mm -hmm. still has that whimsical childhood joy of playing with his toys and it's so fun and of course it dovetails right in to the end of toy story 3 the perfect ending to the trilogy yeah where he's handing him off to bonnie and then we see them kind of play with bonnie and the worst part about this whole sequence like i tear up i get sad i cry and then i see bonnie's darn sharpie on his boot Oh, yes. And it lights a fire in me. I'm okay with her, you know, marking her territory. But the problem is <laughs> I bought my son a Toy Story Woody doll, the signature collection, which oh. is supposed to be like, you Ooh, know, totally film. Yeah. And it says Bonnie on the foot. And I'm like, no. What? He it's is supposed to say Bonnie. So <laughs> I need to get some. Yeah, I need to get some some paint like the guy from like Jerry. from oh, Toy yeah, Story get 2 Jerry in there. Paint it over. So anyways, for display um, only. Get, I get a bit ranty on this film. In oh, case yeah. you can't Sorry, tell. if you're looking for good vibes only, <laughs> hashtag good vibes only on this episode. You're probably not going to get gonna it. You're going to have a bad time. <laughs> now, there's parts of this film that I really uh, like, but uh, there was a major 
major hurdle that I had to overcome, which was the fact that they made a film after Toy Story three, which right, this is right. just the guy. This is just the the this is just the fan. I thought was the perfect ending, and I am a fan of things that actually end. I'm not one of these fanboys that like constantly needs to see new rehashes of stuff that I love because I can always go back to the old stuff and watch it. Now, mm-hmm. Godzilla is a completely different thing. You make a Godzilla movie in 2020, I'm going to be super happy. But uh, <laughs> Godzilla versus King Kong next year, <laughs> it's happening. Um, but there, but there is a lot of stuff where it's like, eh, like. I play a lot of video games. If there's a game I really like, I don't need to see a reboot or a remake or a sequel. I can just go back and play it. And there's like, I I look forward to showing my child the Toy Story series when she's old enough to appreciate it. Uh, Toy Story 4 might be omitted. Frozen's going to be omitted. We're going to try to go as far as as long as we can uh, with our child not knowing that Frozen exists. We're going to (laughs) replace with Tangled, something of higher quality in my opinion. Uh. um, you know, I've tried that, and they just they find they it. They go to a frozen. friend's house. They love they frozen. It's backpack. the magic snow. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> right. Kid, yeah. Hey, there's no snow anyway. in, in where where y'all are living, so it's like a completely new thing. What is this? Yeah. So I don't know about. <laughs> I, I was I was afraid of the. I was a, I was a little put off by the Toy Story love story concept that I saw like in the trailers and stuff. Didn't really look like a love story as we see that they Bo Peep undergoes some changes personality wise. Um, but thankfully, there are other threads to this film that are interesting and that kind of interweave and, and tell a larger story. So it's not just this love story. And this whole thing revolves around a single character who basically causes mm. everything. Well, uh. Woody causes everything because of his insecurities, yeah. like Wreck-It Ralph 2 yeah. style. But um, we are introduced to this character that we saw in the previews. I was like, how are they going to make this guy work? And, and we are introduced to... <laughs> Forky, <laughs> Forky. Uh, okay, per- perfect voice actor for him. Buster. Yes, yes. Hello, Buster. brother. <laughs> Hi, brother. <laughs> that, it really I didn't was. Even realize I never made oh, wait, that connection. It's, it's, really? <laughs> it's like that's water, the only thing I noticed. On. <laughs> oh, it's great. Freaking love that kid. Um, and he always kind of plays the same like little clueless dude, a uh, little clueless wormy guy. But yes. Yeah. Woody in an act of defiance. So he defies the boss of Bonnie's room. Um, so Woody is already Dolly. Yeah, Woody is already struggling with not being the boss of the room. As we saw in Toy Story One, he really likes to be in charge. He likes the world the way it is. And right. so he defies um protocol. He's a dictator. Yeah, he's an evil dictator. <laughs> um, he defies protocol and sneaks in. There's okay. Woody progressively pushes the envelope time and time again in this in this film. If there was ever a moment where uh, where humans discovered that toys could come to life, it would it would be during this <laughs> film because Woody puts himself at risk so many times in this film. I'm like, whoa, pal, hang on a minute. But anyway, he sneaks into her backpack, and through him, she gets to experience this new um, this new comfort in Forky, which was like the one bright moment in her first day at kindergarten. So she is loving a new toy through Woody, which is enough for him, but it is a very unhealthy thing because he introduced Forky mm-hmm. into the world. I'm not a fan of Forky. Sorry, everyone. Don't be, a, don't be sorry. I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I'm not a fan of him either. Um, Do any of us like Forky? No, 
Forky is the worst part of this film. The film <laughs> no, drags. I'm not going to say As Forky is the worst part. I'm not going to. I'm holding out for that one. Okay. But he's one of the worst parts. I, as soon as he's introduced, it's just, it's just weird. And he's inorganic. Obviously, he's made of trash. And uh, I just don't like. There's multiple times during this movie where conflicts are presented, such as. I am trash, right? That is his identity. That is what he relates to. And then they are very, very, very quickly resolved. And so he jumps out of the RV, you know, probably 15 minutes later in the movie time, not movie time, but in our time. And then they have this walk back to the RV. And then suddenly all of these identity issues are solved because he had a good old fashioned talk with Woody. It's interesting. And he, now he has, he's accepted that he's a toy. And I'm like, I don't buy yeah, it. He gets I don't over buy. his existential crisis. Like he, yes. he, he, very quickly. he stops staring into the abyss very quickly. Yes. Because it's, they don't want to focus on Forky per se and his character and his development beyond that. I mean, they, that's not the point we need to get to Bo Peep. This is like, and so they resolve it, but they get him, but he's still attached to Bonnie and gets kind of lost and disconnected from her. And so that's why he's still relevant in the plot because we have to keep saving him. There's a lot to and keep that track of us to Bo Peep again. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot to keep then, track of. There's the Bo Peep story arc. There's the uh, Gabby Gabby story arc. There's the Forky story arc. And then there's Woody's relationship to uh, the other toys. You know what I think is you. So the ending did. Okay. I'll talk about the ending, but we can. Yeah. So, just time out, Mason. Sure. We've recently we have not been going chronologically when we review. We just kind of like free flow. That's it. good. And I like it. It feels so good. If you want, if you want to talk about the end, talk. Go. So for there's it. this. So, yeah. So this is part. There's the ending where, um, in in a in a twist, Tori, uh, Tori, the uh, Woody, 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 uh, decides to stay with Bo Peep in the wild, you know, and just travel around and be a nomad. <laughs> Um, and he leaves the other toys behind. <laughs> he's a carny. And he's a carny now. <laughs> what a life. <laughs> and um, and it's like, to me, I was like, this does not resonate with me because in this film, Woody spent like 10 minutes with the rest of the gang and then he was off doing something like kind of right. selfish. Like, yeah. you're just like, yeah. hey, I know I haven't been around like the past like 36 hours, but uh, I'm going with Bo Peep. Oh, by the way, here's Bo Peep. Like, mm-hmm, it just mm-hmm. didn't work for me. And there is... There's a lot of stuff about this film that just seems a little big. Like the the gang is still there and it's kind of inflated. Like like Don Rickles had passed away before they finished the film or before they even needed his mm-hmm. lines for the film. So they just used uh, voice lines from the previous films that they had recorded. And I think right. that's a really weird concept now. Kind of like Princess <laughs> Leia in um, yeah in the, right. the Rays of the Skywalker. Um, where she didn't really record much footage for it. So they kind of cobbled together a bunch of footage. I was like, man, that's so weird. How would you like to be a relative of that person and see their reanimated selves in this film after they had passed away? And it's like, I, I think that Don Rickles and his family hey, were guess happy we to have him. we didn't actually need you after all. <laughs> yeah, I think that Don Rickles' family was happy to have him in the film, like like post posthumously, but... Um, I don't know. I, I still thought it was weird. And like every toy, I, all the other toys like Rex, Slink, uh, even Jesse, and to some extent Buzz mm-hmm. Lightyear, they're just kind of like Buzz. there. Yeah. And they say like yeah. one line each. And it's like, oh, okay, there's Slink. He says his whatever he said. I forget yeah, what yeah, his yeah. Right. Is. And then Rex <laughs> says something uh, paranoid and anxious. And then Jesse says something energetic. And, and that's it. And then there's no aliens. What happened to the aliens? Did they get 
thrown into the no. into the dump in the third one. No, no, they came back, but we just I guess we didn't. Yeah, there's a lot of characters that aren't really there anymore and stuff, and so it, it it's fine. You you they have the freedom to introduce new characters, and I happen to like some of the new characters, but I don't know. I feel like the 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 scope could have been a lot smaller even though it kind of was, but it kind of wasn't because they were like, oh, we got to have these characters. Remember these guys? Eh? Mm-hmm. But anyway. Because, well, yeah, they've, they've created this huge due, cast of characters due to that his, are favorites uh, and, yeah. and great merchandise. Oh, you yeah, know? So merchandise. you got to keep them relevant. Merchandise. And I think, um, uh, what was his name? Uh, Sergeant whatever his face was. He was in a bunch of movies, but he played Sarge from- Combat Carl? No, Combat Carl, uh, voiced by Carl Weathers. Great choice. He's in this film. Um, <laughs> he's from one of the shorts. There's three of them. Yeah, that's right. They are. Um, and uh, no, no, the Green Army men weren't there, even though they were like, they're in some of the posters, which I think is funny. So anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, the ending was like, okay, like due to Woody's selfishness, he doesn't really spend much time with the toys that he has fought so hard to protect and keep together. Right now, the story of a bunch of toys who lost everything, and the one cowboy doll who had to keep them all together. It's Woody's <laughs> Arrested Development. Yes, <laughs> Woody's entire identity is just tied to like making a child happy, and it has been for what twenty five years at this Man, point. The guy who knows a vacation. Have you ever noticed that Woody is always <laughs> on edge and always freaking out about something? Yeah. He's just type A alpha, always has to be in charge, oh, and he has lost man. his control in this in this new Bonnie's life. He has so lost he's control. He is thrust into a new world that he does not understand. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, we spend this whole movie of him trying to, you know, do the best thing for Bonnie, and then very quickly, like you say, they just kind of wrap it up like, oh, well, I'm just going to stay with Bo Peep because she's, I love her. And, <laughs> I love you. you. Know, I, I'm, all, I'm all about being there for a kid. That's the 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 whole purpose in all three of movies, like your whole purpose as a toy is to be there for a kid. And he particularly has the viewpoint of it's for one kid, like an owner. And Bo Peep has shifted to this other. Yeah. And she, (laughs) she is more like free for all, like whatever kid comes around, it's great. And so they have these two different viewpoints and they're always kind of butting heads, but very, you can tell they love each other. And like, she's always kind of defending him to giggle McDimples. Sure. Um, you know, and eventually he just comes around to Bo Peep's side and and joins her. And I honestly, I don't think Woody's going to be happy. <laughs> I don't know. His whole thing at the end is that he and um, he and Bo Peep work to um, help toys connect with children. So there are mm-hmm. toys that are in these. Like, it's an interesting concept because the they're like an adoption agency. Yeah, that's that's a great way to put it. The toys in the amusement park amusement areas are not meant to be one they're meant to entice kids to get their parents to spend money on games that they can never win through skill or chance because they're rigged against them because it's a carnival and carnies do that uh so sorry to burst your bubble sorry this is the carny way (laughs) yeah and if you send us a voicemail uh arguing with us that you've that you one time won a carnival game you're a liar unless (laughs) it was the the shoot 'em up carnival games at walt disney world um, where they do the Toy Story, you know that one? <laughs> yeah. The, where they like throw pies at stuff. Uh, perfect tie-in. This movie it was like oh, the Disney right. Parks, which Velocitor was over Pixar Pier, said, hey, we already have this carnival land. Yeah. Let's think of a carnival. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Storyline. <laughs> that's right. And so um, 
they help the toys who would who otherwise would never be won by the children. They help them to get connected with 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 the children. So in a way, he is mm-hmm. like carrying on his mission of of uh, forming and maintaining that strong bond between toy and child. You know, but the yeah, yeah there. I mean, there are some interesting parts to this film, uh, but Forky was not one of them. I feel like every time Forky <laughs> showed up, he was just this frustrating part that put a stop on the flow of the sequence and the scene that was happening. Yeah. So can we talk about the villain per se? I hate her. Gabby, Gabby (laughs) voiced by Christina Hendricks, who is a great actress. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, great voice. Yes. Uh, All props go. Um, Chelsea, what do you have against Christina Hendricks? Why do you hate her? (laughs) This just in Chelsea Robson of the rotoscopers has personal beef with Christina Hendricks. I don't challenges her to boxing match. Vows to drink her blood. (laughs) Oh no. Um, the new okay. She okay, Gabby Gabby, the whole issue that I have with her is is, creepy. She's creepy and she gives off major uh mean girl vibes. Oh that I have issues with superficial, something this is a Chelsea problem. Underlying sinister. It could be. But also like the whole her whole arc. The fact that they give her to, they help her find a a kid at that point. I'm like, girlfriend, she's still going to be creepy. She's just like taking Mao and putting him in a different country and saying, hey, it'll be different this time, right? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, that's good. Um, yeah. The fact that Woody submits to her proposal that he gets his voice box ripped out and donated to her. Like, that's so creepy. That's so weird. Okay, okay. Why are you making kids no, watch I mean, this? I, Yes, I Morgan, have thoughts why? about this. So, uh, so this was probably one of the most frustrating parts of the movie to me because it's kind of this: you have what I want, and you, so, and I don't have it, so I deserve and it. You, you need to give it. You to see me. how she completely manipulates Woody? Like he hits mm-hmm. him in all. He like hits him in all yes. the right spots, and 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 uses his experience against him, and like mm-hmm. pulls at his heartstrings, and it's it's not. He's grooming him. Yes, that's, that's, that's right. bad. But and she she learns all she can all about Woody from things. Forky for the purpose of manipulating him, which I think is just so rotten. Well, so here's the problem: it almost feels, yeah, so that yes, ultimately he's the one who chooses to give the voice box to her. But I, just the way that she manipulates him about the way the way that she manipulates him, it doesn't feel like it's his choice. No. And it ultimately doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. So that's what's even more frustrating about it is that Woody had to give up something that was so integral to himself because you have what I want, therefore give it to me. And I would have been totally more on board with it if Woody would have come to this idea from his own yeah. you know, thinking. If he would have decided, realized, wow, she has this and I'm going to be charitable and give it to her right? and done it of his own accord versus being manipulated to basically give an organ away, you know, yeah. something that now he will never get back again unless he has a future owner who finds a toy bo- a voice box on eBay. And the signals which isn't going to happen. The signals that are being sent with her whole story is that she needs to mm-hmm. be perfect before a child will accept her. Yeah. And she really learns that like the that hard either. way. She learns that the hard way with um, the redhead. Melody. I la- no, I harmony. Laughed. harmony. <laughs> I laughed when she was like, eh. <laughs> she just throws her in the box. Like, I'm sorry. Oh, it's great. I laughed. And um, 
And so I was like, oh, okay. So she'll find a kid who doesn't care. She'll give her voice box back to Woody because that mm-hmm. that was wrong. She will write her wrong, and then she will find a kid who <laughs> yeah. is who doesn't need a perfect toy. But no, she they use her. Um, she used the organ that she manipulated Woody into giving to save a lost kid. Like that's sweet and all. Like the sentiment is sweet and all, but it just didn't. It was weird. Fit. It just didn't fit. It- uh-huh. Like, I don't know the what went the, about it. the payoff was It there. would have been so much better if she would have still been loved by that same girl at the end without a voice box. Yeah. And she realized she didn't need that in the end to make her complete. So here, here she got what she wanted. Ulti- you know, Harmony wasn't ultimately the girl for her, but still she got what she wanted. She now has a voice box. Woody doesn't. And now she has a new owner. And I think it just would have been so much more of a better moral and lesson and just payoff if she came to the conclusion that she didn't need it and then continues to, you know, find seek out a kid anyway and then gets what she wants, which is ultimately a kid. She does. She's ultimately looking for a kid. She's not looking for a voice box. Yeah. She's looking for a kid, you know. And so that, I just have always really struggled with this movie, particularly for that plot line. Yes. It's always bothered me every single time that I watch it. It's um, and I've talked to others and people are like, yeah, I don't really see that. I'm like, That's no, cool. I you see it. <laughs> it affected me. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So yeah, Forky. So there's there's major um, there's major set pieces that we kind of go through, and one of them, the major one, of course, is the antique shop. The antique shop is like this like wonderland where if you look in the background, you will always see some prop from some other Pixar film, you know, <laughs> that you can geek out about. Right. And I think I read about that that they were like, "Ooh, how are we going to fill up this antique shop?" And they're like, "Well, don't we have a bunch of old stuff lying around in the studio? It's just digitized, yeah. <laughs> so you know, connect all the pipeline together and let's route these old assets from <laughs> old Pixar films. Like everything is in there. The stuff from Ratatouille. There's a barracuda that's stuffed and mounted to the wall from Finding Nemo. There's, I think, Tin Toy is in this film." Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. The he pinball machine. kind of has a speaking role. Yeah, he yeah. kind of has a speaking role and um, like all sorts of props, of course, Luxo Jr. And of course, the ball and stuff like that. So it's just this like wonderland of discarded <laughs> assets and stuff. And man, you got to hand it to the technical wizards at over at Render who do all the Render Man stuff, like from the rain effects to like the dust to um the materials and stuff i was watching oh. this film and i was been i was like man there was someone working at pixar who just wrote the shader for the paint on this block of wood in the background like i, I know they got some of that stuff just lying around from other films but man the kind of work that goes into all the details and that's something that i do have to credit this film for is the attention to detail as far as world building like man it is it, it is a believable antique shop. Apparently, yeah. the shot where um, where the light is going through all the light fixtures in the antique shop mm, and yeah. Bo Peep and Woody kind of have a moment there. That apparently would have taken like thousands of hours, if you know, of render time. You know, if they didn't have their their glorious render Left farm, its own devices. <laughs> yeah, and um, and so like very very interesting special effects going on and stuff. And, um, you know, technically speaking, this is a great film animation. Of course, the animation quality is just absolute perfection. What, you know, you would come to expect that from a Pixar film. There's just certain characters and certain plot points in the story that was like, uh, eh, I kind of just miss like 
I don't know. It's it's kind of the same as the as the old ones, but it's kind of not the same. And I don't know. Maybe I just was really resisting the concept of a fourth Toy Story film. Other people might argue, right. like, isn't it good that we're getting more of something that we that we love so much? And I'm more like, yeah, some things need to end. You know, I'm not a huge fan of these constant reboots and remakes and sequels. But that's what's you know that's what Hollywood is all about now. Right. We're all fans. No, the realism. No, the realism in this film, that very opening scene with the rain and just the grass, it, it looks real. And it, I've never, we've never seen this level yeah. of detail in a Pixar or at least a Toy Story film before. And the contrast between the characters that are definitely cartoony and the humans that are cartoony and just the, the landscaping and the environments are really cool to see so major props to that and i think that's one of the strong points and especially if you if you watch toy story one and then you hop to this one it's a stark difference and it's just cool to see how much they've evolved over you know 24 years do you think that bo peep was too shiny that's something that really made her porcelain skin extra special right (laughs) yeah this film actually established that she was porcelain i didn't think i thought that she was a like a barbie doll um Mm -hmm. so plastic but yeah, she is porcelain, I, as we I actually see, noticed, actually. I noticed that this time. I'm like, I'm not an animator, but how, or even someone who creates rigs and surfaces and textures, I'm like, how do you create a surface that is shiny? I started thinking about that. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Uh, I know if you t- how to paint, how to paint it and color it, but uh, I wouldn't tell you. I've used, how I've, to used render, I've used render man before. You literally drag and drop the, the porcelain oh, okay. shader <laughs> preset. Onto the asset. I'm just kidding. People, <laughs> if anyone from Pixar actually listens to it, they're like pulling their <laughs> hair out. But, but they're, they do have preset, like they do have preset materials by now that are, um, it's about, um, yeah. So, Index of refraction is a technical term for the physical um, way that light reflects and refracts off of mm-hmm. a half of a surface. And like industrial contexts, certain materials actually have an index of refraction that you can look up. So when I did some shader work for, we used RenderMan to do shader work for a short film that was produced by DreamWorks Animation, if you can follow all that. And so mm-hmm. we use um, an, a, a different version of RenderMan, and uh, you we we did like a rubber ducky, we did a tin can, we did a plastic bottle, and for all those materials, you just look up the index of refraction, and you add it, and it's a parameter built into the RenderMan pipeline, and that's how you oh, get certain cool. reflection effects. But stuff like grit and dirt and unevenness in a reflection or on a surface. That's like a, a system of layered shaders that work together and are eventually rendered into one effect. But yeah, um, you can literally look up how shiny or how something shines from a from a technical standpoint online. It's like a physical property that we can quantify, which which I thought mm-hmm. was like the coolest part of that whole experience was working with that DreamWorks crew. But um, but yeah, RenderMan is an insanely That's powerful awesome. utility. That's cool. So something with Bo Peep I noticed is that in the opening scene, she has a bonnet on her head because she uh-huh. literally is a porcelain doll. Yeah. So how do you remove that oh, without mm. having her Don't head? Don't ask that, you Morgan. Know, because They'll come for you. You know too much. <laughs> you know it too much. It doesn't she make sense. It but because <laughs> she ripped it off, she carved it off her head and then found paint and then repainted herself and then buffed it out so she has hair with no bonnet. But I understand why they wanted to remove the bonnet. They give her this cool you know no, she's action, action kind of now. Vibe. yeah 
they give her a pantaloons, you know, the skirt can be a skirt sometimes and she's a little more feminine. It can be a cape sometimes. And I like that because it's the show that she's very active and she's not just this. She gets down to business. She gets stuff done. (laughs) Lamp. Yeah. And she needs to be able to move. You know, you can't do that in a skirt. So uh, she's very creative. She comes up with this skunk mobile that transports them all around the carnival. (laughs) She's a really fun character and I like her, but she is, she feels almost She's a different character. Oh, she's, she's changed. She's so she's a V two version of Bo Peep. Like her, she was very sweet and demure before, and now she's like sassy and very opinionated, which is great. People change, but it just didn't even feel like the same character. Almost. That's interesting. Yeah, I, um, I thought I wouldn't like her character from the previews, but I actually ended up liking her in the movie. Um, yeah, she has like. She has her reasons for changing who she is. And she has this kind of tough, like we're introduced to a toy who doesn't want to be a toy. And then we're introduced to a toy who doesn't want anything with kids anymore. And just wants to live, mm-hmm. live free and, you know, and kind of survive. And, um, she has her reasons for it. And she also, but she is also sympathetic to Woody's, Woody's dilemma, right. you know, mm-hmm. which is, which is fine. She's actually a pretty well-rounded character with like a ton of, nuances and a ton of like reasons for who she is and stuff so um i actually ended up liking her a lot and yeah she's less go ahead yeah and and um yeah that's all i'm gonna say about that (laughs) and that's all i'm gonna say about that yeah she's definitely less (laughs) she's less emotional than woody um just as a character in general he's incredibly emotional he is uh, everything is emotional. Everything is just, you know, on his, where's his heart on his sleeve. And she kind of just sees the reality. Like, Hey, it's time, you know, at the very beginning, it's, I have a new kid now. I'm not Andy's kid. She's not attached the way that he has just his whole soul and identity is attached to being a, a kid or a, to a kid. Yeah. Um, and she kind of just sees the reality of it. And it's like, no, there's more life than this. And I'm moving on to the next person. And then after that, she's like, well, I was kind of sick of being handed around. So I started my own life. So, it's interesting that she's kind of created this life for herself as a toy, which you wouldn't think was possible. It's either the garbage or the attic after X number of years. And she's really prolonged her life to something that is very, um, what's yeah. the fulfilling. What are your yeah, guys' totally. thoughts on Buzz Lightyear? Oh, such a waste. They made, a- they made him a bumbling yes, buffoon. Yeah. idiot. Yes. <laughs> So I I kind of liked the inner voice subplot. It was a funny gag. It was a funny gag, but I think they should have reserved it till the end because everything keeps working out for him. Like it, it eventually like it eventually, maybe they're trying to say that, that his, his buttons are his inner voice or whatever, but then what's Woody's Mm -hmm. inner voice when, when he gets his uh, voice box ripped out. But I I know that's not the point, but yeah, they kind of, they kind of relegated him to a different kind of character. They kind of tweaked him to be kind of an, uh, kind of a moron and stuff. What I, what I'm really offended with is what they did with Jesse. Jesse has so yeah. much potential as a character and she really had a breakout moment in toy story two, but in toy story three, she was a very like significant voice of descent to Woody's plan to go back into storage, which she of course is terrified of. You know, and, and yeah. a lot of Toy Story 3 plays off of Woody's uh, indifference to what the toys need versus what he thinks Andy needs. And so I thought that 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 
uh, Jesse's probably one of the, the characters with the most potential and they barely did anything with her. It's like, she's totally capable. Like she can jump and run around. Like she's very energetic. She's very spunky. She has a very strong sense of, of what she needs to do. And she's very adventurous. Like, why didn't they use her more? I don't know. I feel like all these actors and actresses, because the cast was so big, had to do other things. But they were like, sure, I'll do a voice for the Toy Story film. But, like, I don't know what yeah. Joan Cusack does <laughs> these days. I, I wish they could have used... I wish they could have used Jesse more. But yet, Buzz yeah, was kind they tried of a to, disappointment. They tried to give... Yeah, they tried to give Jesse, you know, like she's okay in the end because she's a sheriff. She's the new head honcho in town, she's but not the new really. King of it's Sally. I mean, she's the new it's, in charge of Andy's room. It's now. Dolly. <laughs> oh, that's right. She still answers to Dolly. That's all right. Dolly's the new Woody because she always was right. the Woody of Bonnie's room. Yeah. You know, so they tried to make us feel good, like, oh yeah, a woman's in charge. A woman already <laughs> was just in charge. Erasing her and. Then the other woman isn't talking because, you know, we don't have time for her. I'm a guy, so I'll keep my <laughs> mouth shut. But, like, I even feel like Dolly's character was rewritten to, like, put down Woody more because it was, like, yeah. apparently mm -hmm. really important Absolutely. in this film that Woody suffer a lot. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, he's, like, super high-strung and probably deserves a lot of the suffering he goes through because, because he's, like, he is kind of selfish and, and he has a lot of insecurities that he refuses to address. And uh, it causes a lot of havoc, but I don't know. Lots, lots of stuff going on, but there's a rescue mission inherent to the film because it wouldn't be a Toy Story film if a toy didn't get lost and needed to be Truth. found again. And that is Forky, who doesn't even know that he is lost, but he's just hanging out with Gabby Gabby, who is just waiting for Woody to come back for him. And we, um, so Bo Peep needs help, and she knows just who to ask. She goes to the pinball machine where there's a bunch of, you know, free-living toys who are... <laughs> like hiding from Gabby or whatever. And we were introduced to Duke Kaboom. The Canuck with He's all the luck. So great. <laughs> he Voiced by Keanu Reeves, who had like an who had like a stellar year in 2019. John Wick 3 <laughs> and Toy Story 4. I honestly thought that was the best part of this yes, whole thing. I Canada. Yes, I Canada. <laughs> like, no. I wonder if there's like a small subset of Canadians that like took offense to all that and like protested the film. I'll have to ask my mom. Yeah. Former Canadian. She doesn't associate with being Canadian anymore. Oh, she's just like me in California. <laughs> I claim Texas. But uh As you should. But yeah, so um what do y'all think about him? I thought he was pretty cool. Oh, I loved him. I thought he was great. I thought every bit of his of his gag like his gag was really what saved the movies for me. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Although he has, there's many reused plot points in this film, okay. and he is one of them, which we have seen multiple oh, times. Oh yeah, he has which his own the, tragic backstory. The mm -hmm. abandonment mm -hmm. by a kid on Boxing Day. In Toy Day. Story Two, <laughs> it was it was Jesse. In Toy Story Three, it was Lotso, and in Toy Story Four, it is Duke Kaboom. And even in Toy Story One, there is a slight abandonment with Woody, you know, being pushed aside and not being the. So it's like. This is a common theme among toys. Like they just need a therapist because this is going to happen to you at one point yeah. in your life. It is inevitable. But yeah, he was he was really funny and I like him. But other reused Toy Story plot points, I will say right now. So there is the oh, yeah. you uh -huh. are a toy line. Oh, that's right. Essentially, with with Forky helping him understand, which I feel any new we've talked about this in our very first episode, episode five. That every new toy would have Buzz syndrome, essentially, or maybe they don't, but he clearly <laughs> does. He has trash syndrome. Um, okay, the purpose, the other plot is 
purpose in a toy's life is to make a child happy. That is in quite a few of them. That's right. That's basically Woody's MO. Rescue Mission, we saw yeah. that in Toy Story 2. Evil Dictator, we saw that in Toy Story 3 with Lotso. Oh, yeah. So Gabby, those Gabby. are just a few. If you guys saw any others, let us know in the comments of this episode, rotoscopers.com slash 187. But I think for these reasons, Toy Story 4 didn't really yeah. feel very fresh to me. It just felt like been there, done that. We've kind of seen all these things. Yes, there were new elements here and there, but it wasn't enough. Yeah. Do you think maybe it was just kind of spread out a little too thin? Yeah. I Again, I think there there were too many concepts here that they were trying to do. And, you know, they're introducing Forky and this existential crisis of him being trash and having to deal with him. And really, he's just a, a means to an end to get to back to Bo Peep. And then we have the evil dictator because you got to have a villain always. You got to have a so bad toy then, who has... Then you have her... Her redemption, which she actually gets redeemed, unlike Lotso, but she's redeemed very quickly. She puts all this harm on these, all these toys, all the toys in the in the antique shop. You, you know, Bo Peep said for years that she'd kind of been this tyrant who owned the place, and then very quickly they're like, "Oh, you're good. We forgive you. Here, let's help you find someone." And I'm all about forgiveness, but it just didn't feel <laughs> but not natural. That quick. It, yeah, not that quick. Come on, you gotta let him suffer. It just felt. They're like, all right, we got to wrap this up. So, it's, and we want her to have a happy ending. It's not necessarily that so. they like. I feel like you they know, have to suffer at all. I just feel like I don't feel like she's truly like repentant in any way. I don't feel like she, she where we yeah. She didn't even realize yeah. that what she did was she wrong. Said, so it's like yeah. the there's the phrase that it always goes wherever you go, there you are. So unless you change, like everywhere you go, you're gonna be the same person. You have to be the one that changes, and she doesn't change at all. And she just is just somebody decided that it's okay you've had it tough therefore okay but it's like what you're a you're a jerk you're a dictator and you are like are like organ harvesting what's going on here (laughs) 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 just saying Mm -hmm. she basically gets her way and um, doesn't have to pay any consequences for it yeah and we haven't even talked about uh, uh ducky and bunny yeah, voice by, throwaway voice by Key just and to Peel. Give us- so I, I'm conflicted about this character because they are like one character basically because they're like attached to each other. Um, <laughs> yes, they have the zip tie. <laughs> they have the zip tie. Yeah. Um, I love Key and Peel. Like, I think they work really well together and um, I enjoy like watching their comedy sh- shorts and stuff. And apparently they did a ton of improv for this film. Like, they basically didn't give them lines, they just told them what to say about the situation. <laughs> nice. And that's kind of what their character is. Like, they're the funny character who like make funny comments about what's going on. And stuff, and I liked their, I liked their like plans that always involve. I did like that one. That oh, it, that was funny. Those were, yeah. yeah, those were needed moments. And they actually put them in the previews, <laughs> uh, making audiences think that there was going to be some like serious interaction between humans and toys, but it was just hypothetical. But so I, I like the concept of them, but in execution, they didn't really do much. Like that character didn't do much for me, besides be there for comic relief. And like Morgan said they kind of stray into throwaway character yeah. territory, but they do get, they do push certain characters into certain situations and, and get the plot going and stuff. But, you know, they are what they are. Um, I thought they were pretty, they're pretty like funny, I guess, but not like hilarious. Anyway, I've, right. I've seen they, funnier moments with key and peel, but not in toy story four. And they just weren't uh, really memorable characters. Um, I remember going to target and, 
all of the Ducky and Bunny merchandise was still there. And even the Ducky and Bunny oh. signature collection, which those are like the real, the highest Super quality high fidelity to the <laughs> merch movie. that you can get, you know, it's probably like a hundred bucks. They were on clearance Sweet. with Target for nine bucks. Oh man. And even then I was like, <laughs> mm, even then, <laughs> no, not worth my $10. Oh, <laughs> oh, well. And, um, and then I can't really think of, like Mr. Pricklepants has like one line, you know. Mm-hmm. There's some funny parts in the movie. I like when they uh, when they were um, they disconnected the GPS. That poor Aww. dad. But they disconnected the GPS and started yelling at him <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. I like that part. And um, there's some really you know I'm a I'm a horror fan, so I really like the creepy ventriloquist dummies who like they walk Oof. all weird and stuff. The way their heads yeah. just flop around and they're always looking at you Oof. and stuff. I thought that was really creepy. And they didn't really have any Which voice also, line. Little legs. They were abandoned by. They were abandoned yeah. by Gabby. Gabby. She. Those were her henchmen, and she didn't even care. She didn't say goodbye. There was just. They performed yeah, the sinister operation, and that was that was all. <laughs> yeah, and then there was some cool. I like we got to see combat carls out in, out in the playground and stuff. Do they still do that? Like just leave toys out in the sandbox. If it's like a small I mean, enough community, it- I guess. Well, so, yeah, initially I thought, okay, they just hang out in the sandbox and people always come around. But then it turns out that they're like traveling carnies at the end and then they find, Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe they changed their direction, but it seemed like, yeah, buses and kids come here all the time. But I'm like, I don't know any real uh, real life sandboxes and playgrounds where there's just like a plethora of toys that kids play with and then they leave them. Without destroying them. Either they get left behind on accident or someone throws it in the trash or someone takes it home and says, awesome, this is mine. Yeah. Lots of unanswered questions. (laughs) Yeah, they tried. (laughs) So let's talk about the songs or one new song, you know, toy story classic. You got to have that on your playlist, but we have the score and the song was, well, there's a, there's another song that was in the credits. It was done by Randy Newman and it's all about Forky, everyone's new favorite sport. Oh, the spork. can't let you, can't let you throw yourself yeah, away. I can't, I can't let you throw yourself yeah, away. Isn't that, and isn't that song about suicide? And it kind of like gives this weird dimension to Forky. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's, I didn't love it. Like it's catchy because it's Randy Newman, like boom, boom, boom. I can't even hum it right now, but you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a bop, you know, it's yeah. your classic Randy Newman, you know, number. And, but uh, it's not a Toy Story classic to me. I, en- I enjoyed it while it was happening, but yeah, it was mostly just because it's a, one of those boppy type songs, but I, I can't sing it back to you. I just felt bad yeah. Yeah. Uh, for Woody during those sequences. Well, all the <laughs> effort that he was putting into for a piece of trash. Maybe just like, give hello. Forky what he wants. Like, would- <laughs> he, needed, he needed to go back to version one woody where he was happy to let the intruder <laughs> you know find a way to go out the revert window. back to your dictator <laughs> self get them out of the way if they don't serve you right right you know so he has come a long way and that's good you know he really cares about others other than himself but yeah could have created could have saved himself a lot of trouble although in the end he wouldn't have found bo peep so i don't know man i thought that in the Did they end kiss? W- they don't kiss, right? They kind of there's like a moment where you think they are, but there's no actual like toy on toy kissing. No, <laughs> that's a horrible. If they way had to an it. owner, if they had an owner, they um they could do like Andy did and be like, "You saved him." Uh, yes. yes. And uh, 
But anyway, um, they don't have a kid, so they have no <laughs> chance. But I, I kind of, I've kind of felt a lot of optimism for Woody and Bo Peep's relationship at the end of the film. But um, I don't know why we had to have a film about their relationship. Like, I don't know. It the film introduced some really interesting complexities about how a toy may feel about kids and about their purpose. Um, but besides exploring that, like, I don't know. I kind of prefer the original trilogy, but I mean, it's not to say that this film was just terrible, but, um, you know, I liked certain parts of it. And of course it looks brilliant, like toy stories, quality of animation and, and like render power can only go up from here. And it's an exciting thing to see. It just wasn't, wasn't, didn't blow me away. So that it, Let's lead into the question, and I, I don't think we'll have much of a debate on this, but was Toy Story 4 needed in the Toy Story canon? No. No, but it's nice to have. <laughs> it's like, you know, Miss, right. Miss Piggy, we weren't fishing for it, but think, you know, we'll take it, you know. it's mm -hmm. um, It obviously did really yeah. well in the box office, and it's obviously pretty well loved by by fans everyone other than us <laughs> i know we're such hor we're such horrible people sorry everyone if you're looking for us to like geek out and, and oh but we we did that be on super all fans of, of this the film. three movies <laughs> right yeah right yeah i agree so we actually asked this to our patrons rebecca says my opinion no while i'm glad they realized they needed to fill in what happened to bo peep i felt their version of feminism that her character portrayed was a little dated like a girl doesn't have to run around in her knickers in order to show that she's empowered. Ooh, good point. In, in how they chose to pro portray her, it feels as though they're subtly implying how she used to look, AKA more feminine, less tough, can't be a symbol of empowerment to young girls. Not to mention Woody literally gives up his friends in order to pursue a relationship with Bo Peep. In real life relationships, that, that'd be a red flag. I thought the ending of Toy Story 3 was moving, beautiful, and as real to life as a story about toys can get. I'd, I'd have loved an award-winning Pixar short in place of this movie about toys tracking down Bo Peep's whereabouts using the toy soldier. <laughs> Bring her in, That's boys. Sense. And a whole lot more. <laughs> no, I get what she's saying. Mm -hmm. So I have a thing about the whole uh, dress versus pants thing. So... Mm -hmm. She's running around. She's basically an action you hero. Have oh, that's right. I cannot talk about feminism. But this isn't really feminism. It's about um, the, utili the utility of wearing pants versus a dress that could easily snag on things when she's obviously like a high-flying adventurous type now. So maybe that's mm -hmm. why she ditches the skirt for the pants sometimes. I mean, right. and also it's nice to have pockets. Agreed. And I'm sure that her dress was not one of the cool <laughs> ones that had pockets. So there you go. Rachel says, I think so. Otherwise, Woody would just be stuck in the cycle of played with and abandoned. We need a place for him to end happily. Toy Story 3. Good. Okay. Toy Story 3 is good ending for Andy, but we needed the ending for Woody, in my opinion. I think Woody, in a way, went off to college in Toy Story 4, just like Andy did in Toy Story 3. Ooh, great analogy. That is a good analogy. Yeah, but here's the thing. Um, like, <laughs> but here's the thing. It, Woody has the cycle of being played with and abandoned. How about every other toy in existence? That it's just like the the circle of life for toys is that your child grows up, and then you're you're done, and you're put under the bed, or you're put on the shelf, or you're put in the attic, unless you're lucky, where you have like a grandma who holds on to all of her toys for, her, or a mom who holds on to her toys for her kids, and they get played with again. But like. 
that's just the facts of life for all these guys. So yeah, I don't know what to tell you about all the, you know, Jesse and Ham and Rex. It, it's coming. Yeah. Well, anyway. I, I do. I do appreciate that Rachel was able to find a positive to our episode of this movie right, right. because a majority of the people I'm looking at the patrons were not the biggest fans. And yeah, you had a lot of people saying, eh, like their, their, their question or their answers range from eh to no, like, right. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. And, um, we won't have time to read all of these, but this was probably our most responded patron donation question that we've yeah. had because people have thoughts on this film and it is de decisive on or sorry it is divisive yeah on whether you like it or not and then like we look at it rotten tomatoes 97 percent. like obviously people like it enough like the, the rotten tomatoes thing is is it's basically a thumbs up or a thumbs down like right. was it good or not so if you like force me uh, I'm going to do a thumbs down. I would be one of the thumbs downs, but I think majority of people, even though they didn't necessarily love it, like they're going to probably give it a thumbs up, even though there's questions as to whether it needed to happen or not. So yeah. Lauren is another pro Toy Story 4. She says, I, I love Toy Story 4. It's heartfelt, action-packed, funny, and relatable. It made me cry several times. Same with you, girl. Duke Kaboom is my new favorite character. Pixar really portrayed PTSD accurately and with great respect. To answer your question, yes, it was needed. Okay, Lauren. You go. It's just really funny. Like, you have Daniel who's here like, no. <laughs> 17 O's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Angela's like, I would say no. And then Josella, it was not necessary. Uh, Ryan says no. <laughs> Jax Ong says, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's like the meh category. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> so it's really interesting to see, like, this obviously was not up to the standard of the trilogy, but hey, you know, it's Toy Story. It's What's not Toy to story. love? Yeah. <laughs> Except we didn't. <laughs> it's fine. All right. Let's moving on. All right. Here we go from Melissa. Hi, I'm Melissa, and this is my very second time sending in a voicemail. My first was on your Tangled the Series show, and so I'm kind of excited about that. Um, this would be for your Toy Story 4 show, if you haven't recorded that yet. I don't go to movie theaters too often, but I did go to see this, and I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't think Toy Story needed a fourth movie, but after I saw it, I felt that it actually provided a much better ending for this franchise than Toy Story 3 did, and I liked it better than Toy Story 3 also, so that was good. Though not quite as much as I did Toy Story 2, but for me, that's a very high bar to clear. I really like having Bo Peep come back, especially with a new worldview, which put her at odds with Woody, based on what they both thought a toy's role in life was. I thought that set up a really interesting conflict. And I liked the ending. I felt that looking at how the story was going, it couldn't have ended any other way. I didn't like it quite as much as I liked Frozen 2, which came out the same year, but I am a Frozen girl through and through, so no surprise there. I also saw the Lamp Life short on Disney+, and I thought that was also really fun. Um, that's all for now. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. It is just so much fun. Woo! 
awesome. Thank you so much, Melissa. I forgot about the Lamplight um, short. So that is a short that's on Disney+. Plus. Definitely go check it out. It gives a little bit more about Bo Peep uh, as her, her, her journey over the years being a little lamp accessory, I guess you will. Cool. All right. And the next one is from Bethany. Hey guys, it's Bethany and I'm here to talk about Toy Story 4. Oh, Toy Story 4. The movie we didn't <laughs> want or ask for, but we got it anyway. So, uh, Preach, yeah, sister. we're to start with this movie. Uh, like I said, like, I don't know anybody who was excited about this movie coming out. It was more just like, okay, I guess we're doing this again because even though we ended it at three, we didn't really end it. So I did go see it in the theater, and I I didn't think it was awful. I had some moments, like it, it did have some genuinely funny moments. And of course, you know, the moment with Gabby Gabby and where she gets to, you know, be a toy and be there for a kid, of course, in Pixar form, makes you get misty and feel all the feelings. But otherwise, the entire movie is not awful, but nobody needed it. Like, this was not a story that had to be told. It wasn't, like I said, it wasn't painful to watch. It was fine. I liked it a whole, I liked it more than Incredibles 2. Don't even get me started. But yeah, it just felt like, it felt like a money grab to me. Like, let's do one more Toy Story Mm. because we know everybody will come. And it just was underwhelming. And I didn't, I didn't hate it when I first watched it, probably because my expectations were just that low. But on any kind of rewatch, it's just, there's no desire to watch it again. Uh, there are some, there are better sequels out there that are worth rewatching, but toy story four is not it. And I feel like the story wasn't horrible, but I felt like the story could have been done, change a few details. And it could have just been a standalone movie with different characters. I didn't feel like this was a story that had to be told with the toy story characters. And at the end with Woody kind of going off and doing his own thing, it did not seem like something Woody would do. So it felt like a little bit of a betrayal of his character did just didn't feel genuine. Uh, the whole character of Bo Peep wasn't bad, but I mean, did I really need to see what happened to her? No, I really didn't. I was not that invested. So yeah, it just, it keeps coming back to nobody needed this. Nobody really wanted this. <laughs> was it painful? <laughs> Did I want to stab my eyes out? No, but nobody needed this. So <laughs> there you go. There we go. Bethany is my sister, like traded at birth or something. Like we, I see her and I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, she had some really good points that I think aligned with what all of us thought, you know, unfortunately we did not have anyone who was positive on this film on the podcast to provide, you know, the opposite perspective, <laughs> but we did have Melissa in the voicemails. So thank you for yeah, that. That's true. <laughs> Hello, Rotoscopers. Esther is back. And I just want to thank you so much for reviewing Batman mask of the phantasm. You know, I've been going through some nostalgic shows and movies and thinking, Oh wow. Some of the stuff really holds up and it looks amazing years later. You know, by the way, I want to add, if the mafia doesn't get the young lovers, then the iceberg will. And if you ever have a nerdy couch discussion, maybe you can share some of your favorite episodes from the animated series. I know some of mine are Almost Got Him, uh, the episode with Bane, Birds of a Feather, 
and Robin's Reckoning. That's a two-parter origin story for Robin. I think that one got an Emmy. And speaking of Robin, maybe, you know, if you're not too busy reviewing animated movies, you could do Teen Titans season one. I think that's a, a really cool different take on Robin's character because it's in such a different world from the dark Gotham noir look. And because Batman is nowhere to be seen. So, you know, who is Robin when he's in the role of leader of his team? So I hope you are continuing to have an awesome summer. Bye. And thanks again. Whoop, whoop, Esther. I love whenever Esther leaves voicemails. And it was our pleasure to do Mask of the Phantasm, which was really fun to go back. I have not rewatched Batman the Animated Series for such a long time. I couldn't even tell you favorite episodes, to be honest. So... Maybe we'll have to dive back into the Wayback Machine and and find find a few so we can I, talk about them. I did see Teen Titans go to the movies. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> Which is not the same, but it kind of is. Uh, and <laughs> I really, I I did. I thought it was funny. I thought, it, and my I took my nieces and they really liked it too. So I approve. Nice. Teen Titans go to the movies. <laughs> Teen Titans, great. Next up, we have Luke. Hey, Morgan Mason and Chelsea. This is Luke leaving my thoughts on Toy Story 4. I love, love, love Pixar. Pixar is great. And as we all know, Pixar loves to play with people's emotions throughout their films. But to me, this movie was a roller coaster of emotions when it was still in its production phase. I'm probably not the only one when I say that I was confused when I heard that Toy Story 4 was in production. Because in my mind, the way Pixar ended Toy Story 3 with Andy giving away his toys was the perfect ending to the series. It was satisfying emotionally, and I was just thankful that I was able to be a part of the journey. So I was concerned when the fourth film was announced, but Pixar displayed such confidence in their team of film creators that my worries were put to rest. I trusted that Pixar wouldn't make another movie if they weren't going to add something to the franchise, but I'm sad to say that I walked out of the theater a little disappointed. This new conclusion just wasn't satisfying for me. Even though Woody had the motivation for leaving Bonnie, I still felt like it turned the heart of the franchise on its head. Because in Toy Story, we were always told that the toys needed to be there for their kid, but then Woody just left. On its own, it might have been a pretty good movie, but the three that came out before it were basically perfect. So Toy Story 4 wasn't able to reach the standards set for it. It didn't have the substance I was looking for, but it still had its moments and was a beautiful film. So I'll rate it three stars. I look forward to the next podcast. Thanks, guys. Yeah, that's something we didn't really hit on that actually really, really bothered me is that a very solid piece of lore, I guess, for the Toy Story universe is that your number one job as a toy is to be there for your kid. Toys are for the kids. Toys are for the kids. And then, and that's especially important to Woody. And then, like, that's his, like, number one North Star guiding light in his life. Like his, his main belief in principle is in this, you know, and, and he just abandons it as Luke said in the end for Bo Peep, which is fine, but it seems like, well, what was the point of all the other movies? Um, and yes, they're going to be there for other kids, but it's not the one, you know, if, if that's the case, why don't they just go back to Andy's college dorm room and hang out on the shelf for a little bit? So, so at least he can be back for, the one, you know, his attachment to Andy was so much better, but yeah, it, it just, 
Yeah, you. I. Hey, we're already an hour plus into this podcast. You know my thoughts on the film, <laughs> so I'll leave it there. Right. So I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as to say this was like a cash grab. Um, really? Because, <laughs> really? Everyone thought that as soon as it was announced. Everyone I said it's that, the perfect trilogy. I think that a cash There's grab, no need for more. I think that a cash grab was a reason. I think that one of the reasons was <laughs> was Mo Money. But I think they did it in a very thoughtful way. Like they obviously tried to deliver a an interesting story, and Pixar is supposed to all be about these strong stories, and so. Like, I believe that they thought that it was a strong story. And maybe it's a strong story. It just wasn't a, a story that I really wanted, was interested in, in watching. So, like I said at the beginning, there was a big hurdle and it was a hard sell for me. And I think it just kind of felt kind of flat. If I was to rate this, it would be probably three, three stars. I'm usually pretty, I mean, three stars is fine. Like, people should go and see it. Like, I'm not going to try to be like, nobody should see this, you know, or like, this film doesn't deserve to exist. But, um, you know, you can watch it and decide for yourself. It just didn't really work for me. All right, Chelsea, what would you rate this? Film? Why do you give it to me? Ugh. <laughs> like, there's a part of me that would like to give this two stars just because I hated, <laughs> I hated the antagonist and I hated how that whole thing worked out because I just felt like it wasn't true. And I also felt like the like several of the characters were V2, you know, version two of this, like in an alternate dimension type thing, like the, the fact like going in and watching it again, like, okay. The first time I ever watched this, I actually gave it a pretty decent score and I wasn't nearly as negative about it. I'm, if you go on and you look at some of my, uh, the video I, I believe that I did for on Roscoe on the YouTube channel, I believe I was pretty, I don't remember what I gave it, but it was probably like, three to four, maybe. I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it though. And it was like, okay, all right. It wasn't terrible, but I wasn't really a fan. It was just kind of weird. Okay. But then going in and watching it this time, I was like, ew, no, ew. So that's, I'm like, uh, maybe I'm just, uh, maybe it was just a bad day. It could be just a bad day. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's just say, okay, I'll give it I'll say three as well, because three is like a low one for me in general. So we'll go with that. Man, are we going to have another consensus? People are going to be like, what's <laughs> the point of listening to this podcast? They all have the same opinion. <laughs> okay, I am <laughs> then I'm going to go for two. Two no. stars from me. Okay. We well, disagree I, with I, that, Chelsea. There, there's our dynamism. Well, I'm going to go right in between that. And <laughs> I cannot believe that I'm giving a Pixar film, let alone a Toy Story film, a 2.5 oh. stars. But that's right smack dab in the middle. I mean, 2.5 is not is not great, you know. But I just really struggled with this film overall. There's a lot of the characters and they, they're not true to the how... A lot of the characters are not true to themselves as we've been presented over three different films in the trilogy and now quadrilogy, if you will. And... It, it really bothered me. And I, like I said, with Gabby Gabby, that is a, a moral and a lesson that I really don't agree with. And I don't like the way that it was handled. I think it could have been done better, but on the positive side, 
every single time I see this film, I cry. So Pixar knows how to hit that emotional button with me. Um, that very opening scene where where Bo goes away and then that montage scene every single freaking time I have to make sure no one is around so I don't look like a an you know a bumbling idiot crying over a toy story scene of Andy playing with his toys it's very sentimental and then the end I you know choke up as well when the you know the gang is the fellowship is departing but Forky does not do it for me as a character I feel like he's introduced just to introduce a new character and have this I, a new idea of an existential crisis for a toy, which we kind of already saw that in the first film. And it's resolved so quickly. Like all of these things that they try to explore, they resolve very quickly or pretty, pretty neatly, I guess I will say. So I, I struggle whenever this movie comes on, my kids occasionally will put it on, but again, they only get about 20, 30 minutes into it before they, you know, go start playing with some toys. And likewise, I'm not going to sit there and watch it. I turn it off immediately because it's just, not great, but the, the highlights really are Bo Peep. I like what they, that we got to see more of her. Um, the beginning scene with Andy, I love. And yeah, so I've talked about that at length. So two and a half stars. <laughs> own it. Two and a half stars. It. There you go. All right. So if you have a voicemail, be sure to send us a voicemail at rotoscopers.com slash voicemails or give us a call at 406-646-6575. Or we are in the modern day and age now. You can just record a voice memo on your phone and send it to contact at rotoscopers.com with the subject line of what you were talking about, what movie you were reviewing, and we'll be sure to do our best to play them on the show. So thank you, everybody who sent in voicemails. Now... Before we wrap it up, it's time for Mason Reviews segment oh. where he reviews one of our five-star reviews. So thank you so much to MacGyver Jones who left this on Apple Podcasts. So he requested that this review be done in Anton Ego's voice. So take it away, oh, Mason. Oh, Anton Ego's voice. So um, let's see. <clears> hmm. <throat> I have listened to it through much of my life. I have memories listening, listening while riding the bus and through every car ride. All of middle and high school and de-stressing before performing in theater. I have found so many new animated films to watch and love. I don't know any of you personally, but after feeling like I'm sitting in with you guys on nerdy couch discussions, I feel like you're my friends and I really love you guys. P.S. I will never forget the special performance at the end of the Swan Princess or the Thunder Tube. Oh, remember that thing? Uh, yes. Oh, is that it? it? Oh, it, it cut out, Chelsea. <laughs> it was too oh. extreme for the, the recording. I I really thought the Thunder Tube was going to make an appearance when Mason said, I'm back last episode. I, but I did. It, oh, well, I didn't hear it. Oh, I didn't My hear bad. it either. <laughs> and Maybe and I will be putting it oh, in. I'm sorry uh, if we didn't like, react to the Thunder well. Tube. We just, like, honestly didn't hear it. <laughs> like, I did. And I was like, oh, oh okay. I didn't hear <laughs> it. It probably cut it out. I think it, it up out. on the, the recording for some reason. But as long as it's on your side, that's good enough. So thank you, MacGyver Jones. That was an awesome, awesome five-star review. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Animation Addicts podcast. We had a great time back together talking about Toy Story 4. Let us know your thoughts by leaving us a comment at rotoscopers.com slash 187. I have a feeling since 97% of critics liked this film that um, 
there's there's more of the audience that likes this film as well. So let us know your thoughts. And our next episode is actually going to be heading to Japan. We are going to be reviewing Kiki's Delivery Service Ooh. with one of our platinum patrons. With Rebecca, who you might have heard a little earlier in this episode. So we are going to dive into her. One of the perks of being a patron at that level is that you get to join us on an episode. If you would like to support the show and be on a future episode, then check out rotoscopers.com slash patron. And that's all we have for today. Until next time. We, we are, are the Rotoscopers. All right, let's take it away. Let's dive into Toy Story 4. Soy tu amigo fiel. Oh, let's do this. Let's, let's do it. Okay. I do know that. Because I think of Brave with Brenda Chapman. Oh, uh, that's right. Wait, was. Like, maybe she was just associated with story. Uh, I'm going to go to. I'm quick gonna, watch the quick, movie again quick. and then go to the credits <laughs> let, let me just watch it really fast <laughs> um, come on faster you're supposed to be a super fast computer why are you going so slow ride like the wind bullseye <laughs> sometimes she just wants to hang out and play and like walk Party. around the house and sometimes oh, she's right walking, huh? well no we walk <laughs> her around the house that's my girl walking at less than three months <laughs> I mean, you were talking about how she's an overachiever. Yeah, that's true. Well, she is. We, we are <laughs> expecting her to be an overachiever. <laughs> It'd be as creepy as seeing a ventriloquist dummy walk around. Oh. Um, that, that, oh. Oh, this has some, this movie has some scary parts, sinister, kind of yes. scary, creepy parts to it. It really Save does. Save it for the podcast. Save it for the podcast. <sighs> but I can't. I have so many things to say about this film. Actually, I don't have it's much. It's overflowing. You've been listening to the Animation Addicts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five-star review. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at Rotoscopers on Instagram and use the hashtag Animation Addicts. For all the links and full show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com slash podcast. Now, if you still can't get enough for your animation fix, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news, reviews, and interviews. Thanks for listening.